Welcome to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast, where I interview some of the best coaches in the business to find their secrets and share them with the world. I'm Scott Ritzheimer, founder and CEO of Scale Architects, and we help founders and leaders find the right coach at the right time so they can achieve the predictable success they deserve. And a huge part of that is helping great coaches do great work that creates enormous demand for their services with way less effort. If you're a high demand coach, I'd absolutely love to share your story and expertise as well. So stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome. Welcome once again to the Secrets of the High Demand Coach podcast. And I am here with Christine. Uh, I've tried her name a few times. I would absolutely butcher it. So just know that Christine is awesome. I've already had such a great time with her. In just a few minutes, we've been opening up and you are in for an absolute treat. Who is Christine? Well, Christine is a brilliant marketing and creative startup coach. She founded the Creative Startup Academy and is the author of multiple books. She's a public speaker, a podcaster, and a workshop facilitator. She's more than two decades of experience in the communication industry, and she worked in marketing and advertising for more than 12 years before she decided to start her own business supporting startups. She works today with small businesses and helps them to clarify how to market their business. And she sees entrepreneurship as a way of life and loves the passion that comes from working in this industry. Well, Christine, I'm so excited to have you here. Uh, and, and I'd love to, in just a minute, I've got so many questions for you about this marketing and startup because it's a really, really critical piece of the, the puzzle here for folks that are just starting and getting out of the gate. But before we get there, I'd love to hear a little bit more of the story. Tell us a little bit about what that work looked like uh, in communication before making the leap. And why did it ultimately drive you to to make the, the leap and, and start your own business? Yes. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Um, well, hmm. so first of all, I call myself always the accidental entrepreneur because I never, ever wanted to have my own business, actually. I never wanted to have that. Uh, the struggles that come with that and everything. And I thought it was too exhausting. Uh, you always have to to worry about the future or something like that. But if we dial back a bit, um, I worked, like you mentioned at the intro, more than a decade in the communication industry. So in marketing, advertising and design agencies, and um, mainly in Germany and then also in the UK, which was exciting and necessary for everything that I know now. And I still love the marketing world, the psychology that's behind that, figuring out uh, trends and things like that. However, it was very exhausting, demanding, as in 16-hour days uh, at least, and not fulfilling enough. I, I felt something was missing. There, it wasn't you, you jumped from one brochure to an app, to a website, to whatever it was for blue chip clients, let's say, big big names there and all lovely. And I absolutely love the clients um, and I absolutely love my colleagues. It's nothing to do with that, but I just felt I'm exhausted. I can't do this anymore. What do I do now? So I did actually um, an NLP practitioner certification, which is neuro-linguistic programming. 
uh, where it's also a lot about communication and how you improve your communication, how to understand other people better and to become also a better presenter slash speaker in that case as well. And still didn't know what I wanted to do. So that was whilst I was still working full time. Then uh, the same company was offering coaching uh, training. And I was like, huh, it's interesting. What exactly is that? Uh, because it's coaching, consulting, all these terminologies flying around. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. So I did that as well, um, became a coach. And then again, didn't know what I want to do. <laughs> so, and I think I'm, I'm, I'm stressing that because I think it's important to understand you don't have to figure it all out. You just need to maybe know what you don't want and then we can work your way towards the things that you want in life and from life as well. Um, and so I called myself life coach. That didn't last long. That was about two or three weeks that I called myself that because I started going to networking events, meeting other entrepreneurs and startups. And I was like, hmm, these are cool people. <laughs> I like them. They are full of passion. They want to have some impact. They, they want to change something and they want to turn their passion into a business. Um, and more and more asked me for my advice. So I started doing that and I was like, okay, let's find a title for myself, call myself marketing and creative startup coach supporting since then, um, now almost 13 years ago, actually, um, working with entrepreneurs and startups and that's how it actually happened. So I didn't really plan it, but I knew I had to move away from something and then it just happened to me and it took me actually, and I'm very open about this about one and a half years to transition from a full-time job, still working in the agency, 16 hours a day, to a part-time job, to then do this full-time. So it took a while, um, obviously, to build up um, that base. See, there's there's so much about that I love. One of the things that I want to unpack and, and kind of the, the genius behind what you did is I found a lot of folks get to that point of, I know I don't want to do this anymore, right? They get to that don't want to, and it's a necessary part of the entrepreneurial journey, but that's not necessarily yeah. the signal that it's time to make the leap, right? And and I, so, so much of why so many startup entrepreneurs struggle is because they start too soon. They don't take the time before they leap to figure out what am I actually going to do? How am you know, I, I figured all these things I don't want to do or how not to do things, but how am I going to do them. What am I going to do? So I love that you do that. I love that you shared that because there's some folks listening, especially kind of early in the year, and they're thinking, can I really do another year of the corporate life? And what I would encourage you to do, and and, and I think your story speaks to this, is go start you know, doing some training. Go start learning, exploring. You don't have to quit your day job to, to become an entrepreneur. Exactly. And I think that's also a bit of a misconception. And I want to throw something else in there as well, because what do you see in Dragon's Den, Shark's Tank, wherever you are in the world, these um, where the millionaires or billionaires in that case as well, listen to startup ideas and then fund them. And they always say, oh, but you're not committed because you, 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 you're not, you don't have $500,000 of debts and uh, worked in your garage and, and was star almost starving. So you don't show commitment. I really don't believe in that. That's a myth. And I don't think anyone should go through that. Um, taking the leap can be first a side hassle, as they say, and unfortunately will be a hassle um, because you have to, to juggle two plates at the same time. Um, on the other hand, I would like to also stress, and I went through that and every single person I know that starting out is going through that, they don't take care of themselves 
they put everything into that business, which is great and which you have to and necessary. And I think it will never be that no one is doing that at the beginning. But I would really urge people to, okay, make sure you have like regular working hours. Make sure you take time for yourself. Make sure you make time for others as well, because usually you love so much what you do. And I still love it after so, so many years. Um, and I do it for as long as I love it. And if I don't, then I just uh, don't do it anymore. <laughs> but um, you you burn out slowly without realizing because you love what you do. You never switch off. Even if you go on vacation, it's not a vacation because you still check your emails, you answer and, and so on and so on. And I think that is very dangerous. And I went through almost going through a burnout and misdiagnosed with a brain tumor and all of that came together and all of that, which made me reprioritize things and life and understand, even though I love my business and it's my baby um, in air quotes, I, I should have a life outside of that. I should have other interests. I should meet other people and I should have time off and switch off as well. Yeah. Mm. I, I think that's so true. And, and at the risk of, of maybe adding some complexity to this, one of the things that is a really big deal inside of a startup is distractions, right? It, it feels like we're getting pulled in a thousand different directions. And and I would say for the, the person who's taking your advice, who's saying, yes, and there's things outside of work, this is even more important. So within the context of our startup, what are some of the distractions that you find tripping up startup entrepreneurs? Well, one thing is that uh, just producing, 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 and trying everything at once as well. So uh, Someone is thinking, okay, I need to have something finished and ready and polished before I can go out, um, rather than what they call a minimum viable product, let's say, um, or testing something's feedback, um, and then just creating everything without even knowing if that's what they want and without being then able to change, because probably you're so in love with your idea of what you do. And that's another thing. So um, I had two other businesses that I gave up on. And I have had another business idea that I didn't even start that I gave up on because market research showed me it will not work. But I understand that you can think as an entrepreneur, this is the best idea ever. I have to do this. The world needs this. I need this. So that you continue doing things, even though everything shows you, you either have to change it or give it up completely and it won't work. So that's um, one thing. The other thing, uh, like I mentioned, is of course, working too much and then burning out and then it, that's really difficult to bounce back um from um what else do we have we have also people trying to do everything at once so like you said we get pulled in so many directions and there's things that we have to do we have to think about accounting we have to uh think about certain things we have to tell people that we exist hence marketing um however you don't have to be everywhere at the same time and you just do all the multitasking and you don't focus properly so it's not done well enough as well um so being everywhere at the same time is not going to work just do one thing well get used to it make it a habit and make it so that it becomes easy for you before you actually move on to the next thing and then maybe the last thing is that um not creating a supportive network around you before you even start or when you start the latest, <laughs> because the network is the, the the thing that you have to have. So the network is your net worth, like they say, and that's really true. 
for all kinds of reasons, for referrals, for the shoulder to cry on. Because let me tell you something, if you're an entrepreneur in your family and the rest is not, no one will ever understand the struggles that you're going through. They will try and they will be there for you, but they will not understand. And maybe sometimes say, oh, you, you should do this or you should switch off that, which you will not be able to do. Um, other entrepreneurs will. So that's why an entrepreneurial network, let's say, comes in as well. Yeah, that's so good. There's so much in there. Uh, I want to unpack a couple of these ideas. So uh, one of the things you're touching on is this tension that entrepreneurs feel because there's just ambiguity. We don't know what's going to work yet. And so we have the tendency to either hang on to it too long to try and perfect it before it goes out there or to not hang on long enough and try to do everything all at once. So how do you walk people through that fine line of what are the appropriate things to be trying and how long do you work on them before you know it's time to pivot? Yeah, so that is probably, well, the what to work on and for how long varies from idea to idea, of course, because if you're talking about the software, that's a bit different than if you're talking about consulting or coaching business or something like that. Uh, I think you should always think about your basis. Okay, what are your outgoings to live as well? Because you need to eat. <laughs> Maybe you even have a family to look after. Um, you also need to think about the impact of you working in a different way, different hours maybe to your family, friends around you. Your social life will suffer for sure at the beginning at least. Um, but think about money-wise, what do you actually need and how long can you survive without any other income than that idea? So you can work out, okay, you know, I might have to do something else or might like I did um, go to a part-time job. So I worked then three days a week instead of uh, five and then had some more time that I took for, for my business. Um, and then when to give up on an idea uh, is, first of all, really be open-minded and flexible when you do your research and you have to do research. There's no way around it. You don't have to have necessarily a 150-page business plan or anything like that. Depends on if you want investment or not. But if if not, then you should do some research on what's happening in the market, what trends are out there, um, what uh, what do competitors do, what do people, what's the alternative solution to what you already offer? Because so too many times I hear, I don't have any competitors. We don't. Something like that doesn't exist. It does because you're solving hopefully a problem um, that other people solve as well, but in a different way or with a different product. And you have to think about that because there's habits of people as well, how they do things. Um, and they it's really difficult to change habits of people. Yeah. So it's really working through step by step with a rational mind, taking away that passion for a moment and really checking the facts and figures. Is that going to work? Then try it out for a bit. Listen to the feedback. Ask for feedback. It's another mistake that people make. They don't ask because they say, I'd rather don't ask. Maybe they say something that I don't like. <laughs> and they will. And that's okay. You can evaluate if that has if that is valid or not. And then um, you need to adjust and change around what, what's happening. And then that's okay. You're flexible as well in the services that you offer, in the products that you offer, in the pricing maybe. Um and then if you start running out of money, that's when you have to stop the latest. I stopped, for example, a business idea because already the market research showed me that it didn't work. I was going to do it with a friend, 
Uh, we did really extensive market research because we uh, needed investment for that idea. And we worked on that for about six weeks. And then we were like, it's not gonna, it's not gonna work. <laughs> and we we're like, no, it needs to work. But then we said, okay, let's leave it alone. So stepping back and taking out this emotion, if it's very difficult, but you have to do that to be then looking at that idea or at your business in a non-emotional way and pivot or change completely. Yeah, that's so good. So I know one of the things you spend a lot of time on, especially as we're kind of trying to find what the market is for our service, is marketing, right? It, it, it's mm -hmm. it's a, an essential part of the startup process. So uh, the question that I have for you is that many uh, startups will have a tendency to feel disadvantaged, right? I don't have the budget that they do. I don't have the people that they do. I don't have the brand that they do. But what would you say are the advantages that startups have when it comes to marketing their their business? Um, I think it's it's a word that people are afraid of. Um, I think it's about reframing it to think about it as I just have to tell people what I do and why I do things to show my passion. Um, so that way it will be reframed and not look less, whoa, okay, I need to do this. Um, the Sorry, what was the question? <laughs> what are the advantages that the, the ah, small yes. startups have over some of the bigger organizations? Yes, so um, a disadvantage, as my, some people might know, uh, think is that they don't have a lot of budget. That can be turned into an advantage, though, because you can be more creative. You can figure out some new ways to be seen um, by investing your time. So nothing is for free, because for me, time is also money. Um, however, investing time, that's what pretty much everyone can do. Investing money probably not. And that gives you a lot of opportunities. Another thing is maybe not to be stuck too much in, if you if you don't really have the background of marketing, that can be an advantage as well, because you're open to other ideas. And if you think about it, okay, how can I tell people about what I'm, what I'm doing? Where do I find these people? And how can I find through my passion for that? Then that makes it much easier. Bigger companies uh, with big budgets, usually they then outsource things as well. And then they follow only a specific strategy that probably is just done in a conservative way. And these days you have so much more, so many more possibilities um, to get seen, but also obviously to disappear because there's so many things that are also free outside that you can do. Right. Right. So uh, I want to, kind of turn it a little bit because uh, something you mentioned several times earlier in the conversation is this idea of community and support and mm -hmm. being in that startup entrepreneur mode, it, it's just really hard some days. You know, there's days you wake up, it's just yes. like, I don't know that I can do this all over again. So you've seen this a lot. You've been doing it for a long time. What would you say to someone who's feeling that way today? They just don't know if they can take another day of this. Yeah. First thing, that's normal. Everyone goes through that. That already helps, believe it or not. And I went through that and I still go through that sometimes because sometimes it's just so much to do that I think, ah, I can't do this. And I'm outsourcing a lot. Yeah, I have two VAs and I have other things, uh, other people that support me and an agency and everything. However, um, it will be like that and it will never stop. <laughs> so just noticing that and be up for that. Um, however, then talk to someone about it. Be honest about it. There's a lot of luckily going in that direction of, of authenticity, 
where people share also when it's hard because sometimes it's that shiny world and also it's that oh it's cool it, that, that you work a lot and it's a hassle and that's cool and you should do that and no first of all it's your thing it's your business you do what you want in the time that you can and want to do and if you really feel it's getting too much take a day off breathe clear your mind and you will come up with new ideas and you will feel less stressed the next day believe me and cleaning cleaning your desk and clean up the mess around you will clean up your head that works really well change your work environment go around go outside if you can and just step away from your business to then come back with a new energy that really really can help and talk to people about it have that network and say Christine can I talk to you for a moment Fry, shout whatever you need to do and talk to that person and I promise you that person will say you know what I had that last week it will go go away and here's a few things that you can do and maybe how can I help you I had so many people I had recently unfortunately my dad passing away and I had to cancel everything and every single person in my network from a professional point of view not we're not talking about friends was saying if you need anything in business that needs to be done tell me and I'll do it and this is what you need and this is what you need to start building right from the beginning wow wow mm. yeah there's so much power in that so uh, another question for you here. What would you say is the biggest secret you wish wasn't a secret at all? What, what's that one thing that you wish everyone, particularly those startup entrepreneurs out there, what do you wish that they knew? That you can achieve a lot with no money. <laughs> Let's say you can achieve a lot with no money, but with time. And I don't mean not having any income. I mean, expenses. You can achieve a lot if you start building that network because a lot will come through that. And um, I think it's, and, and the other thing, I'm, I'm going to make that two things, um, is that you don't have to know it all at the beginning because we're all like sponges at the beginning. Every single person I talk to and me, I was the same. We go to every free webinar that's out there and we download every freebie that we can find that will help us with our entrepreneurial journey until we feel I'm, I'm filled up. I can't take it anymore. And 90% of the stuff you don't need and 80% at that time and 80% of that you will never need because probably the world and technology has changed so much that it's not relevant anymore what you've learned there. So really step back, think about what's the next thing I need to know and just focus on that and don't do all at once and don't attend any webinar and everything <laughs> that you can get hold of. I love that. Uh, and so you've been open about you know the different stages of your journey now. So I'm wondering if we could fast forward today and, and kind of take the coach hat off for a moment, CEO hat on. Uh, Talk to us, what's the next stage of growth look like for you as an entrepreneur and what challenge will you have to overcome to get there? Well, there's lots of projects I'm doing within the Creative Startup Academy. I just launched a magazine, for example, as well, um, which is uh, which is going to be a new marketing tool, let's say, to uh, get people into the academy, which will be a new interesting journey because I haven't done that before. Um, but I'm actually working on a second brand as well. That has also to do with uh, communication um, and will be 
aimed at enterprises um, and communication training for, for leadership roles in those enterprises, which is um, a new exciting thing, let's say, for me. Um, and I just launched that brand literally three weeks ago. So um, now I'm starting to, to build my network for that around, but also tapping, of course, in my existing uh, network. And that will be completely different direction and say, because it's also different processes. Now I'm working with entrepreneurs and uh, and so on. And there I need, I'm working with enterprises where it takes over a year to get in. So I need to be much more patient and have very different strategies in communicating as well. So that will be interesting as well, where I can then hopefully share some insights as well after that journey in a few years time. <laughs> That's awesome. New, uh, a new challenge, a new market, uh, but an exciting mm -hmm. time. So we're very excited for you. Uh, Christine, how can folks find more out about uh, you, the startup, uh, the Creative Startup Academy and the work that you do? Well, uh, best is to go to creativestartupacademy.com. There you find everything, uh, the books, the academy, and also my LinkedIn. So I'm most active on LinkedIn and I'm, I'm more than happy to connect to new people and folks. So feel free to connect with me there. That's fantastic. Well, Christine, thank you so much for being here. It's just a privilege having you on the show. And for those of you watching and listening, you know that your time and attention mean the world to us. I hope you got as much out of this conversation as I know I did, and I cannot wait to see you next time. Take care. Scott Ritzheimer here. Thank you so much for listening to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast. If you are a successful coach, consultant, or advisor who's built a strong book of business and would like to be on the program, please visit go.scalearchitects.com. And if you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media and just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials? If you know someone who'd be a great guest, you can tag them on social media to let them know about the show. And make sure you include the hashtag high demand coaching. I love seeing your posts. I love seeing your guest suggestions. Thank you so much. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content to make sure you don't miss any of those episodes. Go ahead and subscribe now. Your thumbs up, your ratings, your reviews, they go a long way to help us promote the show and they mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, you can go to our website, www.scalearchitects.com, or you can follow me or the company on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.